moment and pray. Father, thank you um, that you're here with us. Thank you that you meet us no matter where we are. And Lord, we come to meet with you today uh, with expectant hearts. Lord, you meet us in a time of praise and adoration that we're going to meet you in your word, uh, Lord, that won't come back void, but it's truth for our life. Lord, that you meet us in our worship, in our tithes and offerings. You meet us, uh, Lord, at your altar in the breaking of the bread. Father, meet us now so that we could leave here different from the way that we came in as a result of it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a question. If we say that we have faith in God, or that we proclaim this truth, that we have this faith in who he is, we say we have faith in God, but the question is, do we trust him? And what's the difference between faith and trust? Good news is I'm going to tell you. <laughs> what's the difference between faith and trust? I don't know if you've meditated on that or you've thought about that, but in this parable, it reveals it to us. And there is a difference. Faith, which we get a definition from Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I've kind of just shortened it a little bit, that we would understand faith is having a certain hope and sure of what we do not see. Last week, I spoke about this certain hope, but that hope is based on what? His promises to us. So there's this certain hope that we have and sure of what we do not see. And we have this faith where we come, we believe. Trust is what we do because we have faith. Trust is a response to our faith. We come to the Christian faith by believing that Jesus was who he said he was, right? He, he was who he said he is. We come to the faith that when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that we've come to believe that. We come to the Christian faith believing Jesus is who he said he is. And we proclaim our faith of who Jesus is as we become a disciple. And when we become that disciple, that means that we're sitting under Christ's teachings and our lives should reflect who he is. That's the process from faith to becoming one who's a disciple of Christ, that we're, we're little Christians. We're little reflections of who he is. That's the goal. Trust is that response to our faith. Our faith defines what we believe. Our trust has to do with a relationship. Trust aspect has to do with a relationship. And it's so important that we understand that. Because we know when trust is gone, what happens? That there's a void. If you're in a relationship and you're in a marriage and trust gets broken, what happens? You know what happens? you got to put trust back in. And you got to build trust back in. Trust is relational. And, and we have to put that trust back in. Our faith will define what we believe, but, but that trust begins to get lived out as a result of our faith. And that has to do with a relationship. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust the Lord with all what? Your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and what? And He shall direct your paths. Trust the Lord with some of your heart. Lord, I give you 25% of my heart today. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart. Why? So that we begin to have this relationship with who he is because we trust in who he is. We have this faith. And it goes on in Proverbs to not lean on our own understanding. Why? Because my own understanding is really bad. My own understanding gets me in trouble. And now I don't want to learn how to lean on my own understanding. But if I didn't give him 100% of my heart, I go back to my own understanding. But I'm not to lean on my own. I'm to lean on, on, on his understanding. And, and in, in, in all my ways, I acknowledge him. That means with everything that I worship him in all that I am. Because he has all of my heart. And you know what happens? He begins to direct my steps. Because I trust in him. Because I have that relationship with him. And then he begins to direct my steps. I will make my plans, Lord, but what? You direct my steps. You know what I pray? I pray a dangerous prayer all the time for me and for this church. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come and interrupt our plans. It's a dangerous prayer. And the Lord says, you know what? I can use that prayer. Here you go. I'm like, no, no, that's too much interruption. <laughs> Slow down, Lord. Why? Because I want him to direct my path. My biggest fear in life is that I'll miss God and the things that he desires and wants to do. So I have to give him my whole heart. I trust him in my whole heart. I lean not on my own understanding. I acknowledge who he is and he directs. He directs the path. In John 21, a verse we might be familiar with is after Peter denied Jesus, he rose from the grave, Peter goes fishing, he comes back and has an encounter with Jesus again after his resurrection. And, and Jesus asks him this question. And Jesus says to him, uh, Peter, do you love me? And what does Peter say? He says, yes, Lord. And he tells him, feed my sheep. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord. He says, tend my sheep. He asks him a third time, Peter, do you love me? That's when Peter gets like, oh, And it wasn't just a yes. It was, yes, you know that I love you. You know the depth of this love. And this reconciliation was happening between Jesus and Peter. But there was more happening in that moment, in that relationship. What if not only was Jesus reconciling Peter to him and affirming his love for him, but he was moving his faith to trust in that relationship with him? What he was doing was moving Peter to faithfulness for that fulfillment of what he had planned. And Jesus talks about faithfulness in today's parable, in Matthew 25. And, and he teaches in this parable about the talents. And we know it's a wealthy master who goes away and he entrusts to his servants a different measure of talents. And we know the talents to be five, two, and one. That he gives these different measures. And now, when Jesus taught, he taught in those parables that there was a deeper meaning and a deeper understanding that we would be able to walk away from knowing a truth as a result of that. And here's where the talent is so that we would understand. It was a unit, a measure of weighing a precious metal. And, and usually it was gold or silver. And for argument's sake, the 521, because it was a lot, just so you know, those talents were a lot. And you could go and measure a talent, what it was worth then, what it's worth now. We're going to just round it off and make it easy. He gives to one $5 million dollars. He gives to one $2 million, and he gives to a third a $1 million. And he, and, he, and he lays it out to the three. And it was a familiar thing that a master 
of property and, and of, of, of animals and, and of great wealth would leave their residence at points and times for other things. And when they would depart and leave, they would have their servants in charge of the things that they've left behind. It was a common thing. He would put the servants with different responsibilities with an expectation while he's gone, something would be happening. And the wealthy master returns after a long time, and he returns. And when he returns, he expects to settle these accounts with his servants. He expects what he asked them to do to be fulfilled. And we read in Matthew 25, verse 20 through 21, so he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents. So the master returns. Here's the response. He says, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. Verse 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The response was the exact same thing for the second person who was given the two talents. The second servant. Exact same response. The master entrusted the servant. And in return, the servant trusted the master. And two out of those three servants were good stewards of what the master gave them. Now for us, we have to understand in, in this teaching, what is stewardship? What's a steward? And a steward utilizes and manages the resources God provides. That's what a steward does. Here, I'm a senior pastor of this church. And God called me to this point to do that. I'm not eternally the senior pastor. I'm stewarding the thing that God put me in charge over for the season he called me. Because one day I'm going to go meet him again. And one day I will be with him again. And the steward, and that stewardship is to be faithful in what God gave me and then leave it better than it was when I received it. That something else will, will pick up from that place and continue on with the thing that God has done. And a steward does that. And the purpose of stewardship is for the glory of God, for the betterment of his creation, and for the advancement of his kingdom. That's what he expects for stewardship. And to be a good steward of what God provides always takes faithfulness. And faithfulness comes from trust. And it requires us to live a life that is submitted to God. That's where it journeys us to. Am I willing to trust God with what he made me a steward over? Am I willing to take that step? What we have to determine is, does everything I have come from God? And if so, how do I steward it? There's a line, there's a fine line there that we have to decide we can measure our stewardship in different ways. And often the three T's of the church are what? Time, treasure, and? That we hear over and over again. These things are ways that we respond as a disciple of Christ. And we respond with time, treasure, and talent. But Jesus specifically talking about talent as a measure of wealth. What Jesus is telling them that you're given this, this, this money and what are you going to do with it? What do you do with what I've entrusted with you? But first, you've got to believe it's all God's anyway. And then what do you do with it? And it seems often in the work of the church that we're more willing to steward our time and our talent and less willing to steward our treasure. 
For us, how do we respond? Maybe the reason that we hold back is because we don't fully trust God. Maybe that's part of that faith journey. That, that it could be for various reasons that we have debt, and that's a real thing. and something that we have, to, we have to deal with in our life, that we have fear. And as a result of the fear, we can't begin to trust God. We have doubt. Whatever, whatever that stumbling block that's placed there is keeping us from that relationship of trust. And, and we have to journey to that other side. Whatever that reason is that we have to begin to understand. See, the servant who was given one talent buried it. And he buried it because he didn't trust God. Here's the crazy thing. Five, two, one. If I was the guy given the one, the first appointment I would have made is the guy with the five. I would have said, what are you doing with what you were entrusted with? Because what I've discovered in my life, there's always a lot more smarter people in the room than me. And I find the one who's smarter than me to lead me to the thing I don't know. So I find the one who has faithfulness and ask him, how did you get to that place of faithfulness? Or one who lives with a life of trust, how did you walk out that life in trust? And maybe the one who had the one, if he did that or if he trusted, maybe it would have exceeded everything that the guy with five and the one with two had. But because he didn't trust God, he buried it. And we're called to that place to trust. And what does that mean for us to trust? I find it interesting that little known fact, in 1956, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed into law a bill declaring, maybe you know this, in God we to become our nation's official motto. Congress further mandated that phrase to be printed in capital letters on every denomination of U.S. paper currency. That somehow, if we got that on the money, we would begin to understand how to use our money. Or if we had that as a motto as a country that we believe that, that it's in God that we trust, not in man. And that we would begin to understand that and, and we would begin to live that way that a nation would understand that responsibility first is to God. That it's in God we trust. And if we believe that statement to be true, then how do we trust God with everything? How do we trust God with our finances? How do we say, God, I trust you in these things? See, it's faith plus trust that equals faithfulness. It's not just faith. It's faith plus trust that equals faithfulness. The Lord expects faithfulness in accordance to the talents he has given. That's going to take trust. I think the problem often today is that many will say they have faith in God, but they don't trust God. And I don't know how you can have faith in him if you don't trust him. But he, he's calling us to move past that place. Our response to God's love for us is expressed in our worship to him. That's because we know who he is and what he's done. And we have this response to him in worship. Why we gather together and we proclaim our faith together is a response of who he is in our life. And we worship him. And, and we're expressing that love back to God. You know, but there's many ways that we worship God. Somewhere in our minds, we've 
think that when we've worshipped God, it's because we sang a song. Man, we really worship God today. Did you hear me singing, belting that out? Yeah, I heard you singing. Maybe not so loud next time. Because there's this expression, and he does meet us in that place of praise and adoration, and we, we, we sing to the Lord, and, and, and it's an awesome place to meet him. But it doesn't just end there. It continues there, not just in our praise, but in, in our prayers and in his word we're worshiping. Did you know in our tithes and offerings is worship to God? Amen. You know, no one's ever come up and said, man, I really worship the Lord today. You won't believe what I gave God. Because there's a trust issue that we have to take that journey over. There's a surrendering issue that's really important for us. That, that we worship him in the Eucharist. We worship him when we're serving others. It's a life of worship. That we give back to God for what he's done with us. For what he's entrusted us. See, the Lord says to the servants, Well done, good and faithful servants. You were faithful what? Over a few things. And I will make you ruler over what? Many things. Then he says, Enter the joy of the Lord. Here's what I'm certain of. The Lord, his favor is on the faithful. Because the faithful trust him. And there's a favor. Matter of fact, the faithful are usually fruitful. That it correlates in what we've read and what God does. And when we're faithful with the little things, then the Lord begins to trust us with more things. That's how it works. If I can't manage the little I have, there's no way he's going to add to it. And no matter what it is, it's going to take trusting him. And trust and faith go together. They have to happen together as we begin to become that disciple that he's called us to be. And uh, in my younger days, I couldn't manage myself out of a paper bag. The Lord wasn't going to give me a bigger paper bag to manage. But he was going to teach me Faithfulness. He was going to teach me how to trust. And you know what? When I didn't understand how to do it, I found some people who really had success in their life trusting God, and I asked them to be in my life. Do you know who I surround myself today? The people who are faithful in the things that God called them to do. Why? Because I want to learn about their faithfulness. People who trust God and don't lean on their own understanding. I'm hanging out with them. People who are given the five because God entrusted them, what'd you do with the five? What'd you do with the two? But Lord, have mercy, don't bury the one. Don't bury the one. See, he has a promise there that we could read about as it concludes as a result of that faithfulness. The way that we enter the joy of the Lord is through our faithfulness. And we enter to that place, the joy of the Lord is as a result of being faithful. It's a result of moving our faith to trust to the fulfillment of faithfulness of what he wants to do. And we cannot walk in the fullness of God's plan for our life if we don't trust him. He's not holding back from us. Why do we hold back from him? Maybe there's just something there that God needs to break through for us. To fully trust him in all things. It's amazing to me that we could trust God with our, our whole heart and believe that he has planned for us, based on his promises, an eternal life that he has given us. So Lord, I trust you 
with my soul, but stay out of my finances. And there's a reason there. There's, there's fear, there's debt, there's things that, that you can overcome. And God wants you to overcome those things. And trust is going to take that step towards faithfulness because it's a relationship with him that he calls us to. Distrust comes from fear. That's where that comes from. Trust comes through faith and it leads us to faithfulness. So will I be a good steward in the things that God has given me? Will I be faithful in the little things? What I can promise you, I'm, I'm at this like 30 years now, I've lived this parable as a principle in my life. And I'm always reminded if I'm faithful in little things, God will trust me with more. And it's not always financial, by the way. But I got to learn to manage the very things, to be the steward over the very things that he's called me to do. And as I steward them, and as I'm, as I'm trusting him, my faith expands, my faithfulness grows trusting in the Lord and what he wants to do. All I have to do is remain faithful in what he's called me to do. Amen? Amen. Now, I have something that I'd like to share with you. I'm calling it the trust challenge. And the trust challenge is that we, we, we get to a point where we want to take this step and we just, whatever might be holding us back, maybe there was a relationship where trust was broken so you're having a hard time trusting God. Something in your life that's holding you back from that place. What I want to move you to from faith to trust to that faithfulness to God to fulfill those great plans that he has for your life. So what I'm going to do right now, and um, what you do is close your eyes. And if you want to participate in a trust challenge, I want you to raise your hand and they're going to come forward, the host, and there's an envelope, a white envelope that we're going to hand to you. And inside is directions on how to take that trust challenge. And there's only so many of them, so if you want to participate in that, you want to take that next step in what the Lord wants you to do, I believe God wants to do great things as a result of it. So if you want to participate, just raise your hand right now, and they're going to come through, and they'll just hand you one of those white envelopes. What I ask is you hold that envelope, don't open that envelope yet. You take it home with you and open it there. And don't hold back for the things that God wants to do, but take that step in trusting in Him. If you're watching online right now that we have envelopes set aside and we will mail that to you so that you too can participate in the same way on any platform that you're on. And we're going to do this together and begin to walk in that faithfulness that God called us to walk in. Amen? Amen. Now, the journey begins with that relationship. And, and our faith has to be in Him first. So there's a decision we have to make. That we understand by grace through faith that he gives us a gift, this gift of grace. It's free. Sal Did you know salvation is free? It's a free gift from God. But we have to respond to the gift. And what I know is for certain is that he wants your whole heart. We have to determine if we're going to give it to him. Now, if you want to give the Lord your heart in that way, begin that journey. It comes with letting him in. So what I want to do right now is if you're in person or watching uh, on one of our platforms. I want you to pray after me in your heart to know him in that way and begin that journey that he has planned for you. So if you'd like to pray with me to know him in that way, just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. 
I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Stay faithful in the Lord and he'll build that trust. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another as a sign of God's peace.